You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into tonight's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. Just search Panthers on Tap. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Bryson, it's been a long time coming on Sunday. The Panthers uprooted the Saints in dominant fashion, 26-7 in Charlotte. They're 2-0 to start the year. Let's just break it down right away. Let's get into the offense. What did you see from them? Yeah, first win since uh, I think it was 2018, so – uh, very, very happy, and um, we had my brother with us, who's a, a huge Saints fan, so it was a good time to rub it in his face uh, throughout the whole game. But, yeah, and the the offense, um, the Panthers' offense uh, looked looked good, I thought. Um, you know, Darnold had the – he went 26 for 38, 305 yards and two touchdowns, and then the one bad interception that was kind of like a fumble interception kind of thing. Um, he just has to get rid of the ball there. But other than that, I thought Donald played really, really well um, navigating the pocket with a offensive line that was serviceable. The receivers played great. I got to give a shout out to my boy, Brandon Zilstra. He had a touchdown, three catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Um, he looked great. DJ Moore, I mean, just an elite, elite, elite wide receiver. It doesn't matter who's covering him. He's going to catch the ball. Uh, Robbie didn't, wasn't involved as, I much, as, I, as much as I thought he would be. But, uh, you know, he had a couple catches and looked good. Uh, Dan Arnold was even involved. He, I think he had like 66 yards receiving overall. And then obviously, you know, Christian McCaffrey with the 72 rushing yards and a touchdown and 79 receiving yards. He's always going to perform um, and put up yards, both rushing and receiving, makes life so much easier for Sam Darnold. And um, also one of the best blitz picking up running backs that we have. So, uh, you know, I, I was pleased with it. Uh, did you see anything else that I didn't mention? Well, I just wanted to talk, just talk in general here a little bit. I thought the offensive line did a better job this week uh, protecting for Sam Darnold. I thought he had a little bit more time in the pocket. Um, but with that said, I thought Sam played well. Uh, he had pretty good pocket awareness. I thought when things broke down, he did this too in the first game, but he he did a nice job of sliding around in the pocket, getting the ball out quick to his reads, which was good. Um, I thought if there, if we're going to knock him at all, he's got to limit the turnovers in the red zone. Uh, it's the second game he's coughed up the ball in the red zone, so just something to watch moving forward. When you're playing good teams like that, you can't you can't give the ball up there. So, Arnold, yeah. No, I, I thought I thought the interception was uh, close to our end zone. Was it? I, th- I thought it was. I thought he was getting ready to get sacked, and it was close to our end zone. And he threw the interception right there um, on our side of the field. You might you might be right. I I would have to. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, look at that. Look it up. But um, just just something to look f- uh, look at moving forward. Um, not something you want, um, obviously. Um, but just something to look at and to improve on. I think that would be the only knock I had on him. Otherwise, I thought he played pretty well. Um, and you mentioned Zilstra. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. First touchdown he had, which was nice. I think he had a key third down reception as well. 
so yeah, he he looked good. I actually I want to look at the snap count. I haven't had a chance to look at that. Um, but I want to say he played. I thought he almost played as much or more than Terrace Marshall in that game, um, which is interesting because Terrace Marshall, you saw him a lot in preseason, and he hasn't been involved too much. Um, and I know there's other guys out there and there's other things at play, but I feel like that's one guy who can get a little bit more touches moving forward. But I thought Zilstra has made the most of his um, time out on the field and he's looked good. Um, so that's good because, you know, that was a guy who we were talking about maybe on the bubble to make the roster and his special teams. He's a good special teams player. And now he's starting to show it on offense too, which is good. Did you um, get any get anything on Darnold? What was I, I didn't get where the INT was, but I, I pulled up the snap counts. Uh and it looked like it looks like Zilstra was at 18%. He had 14 snaps. And uh Terrace Marshall was still you know heavily involved at 39 was he? snaps. Oh yeah, yeah 51% of the snaps he was on the field for. Um another guy that I wanted to shout out to uh is John Miller, who uh, Matt Rule said today that he was a um, key factor in the win against the Saints. Uh, he comes back off of COVID and plays 100% of the snaps and just looked like one of the best offensive linemen out there. Him and Taylor Moten on the right side of the line just solidify things over there, and I really like them too as a pairing on the right side of the line, and, and I thought that the right side of the line was definitely the bright spot, and even Paradis played well, I thought. Um, so you could just do like that whole side, but then the left side, there's some question marks, but, uh, you know, we'll get into it later. Um, but yeah, Elfline, Elfline is Elfline. And, um, uh, I, I can't even really be mad at, uh, Cam Irving. I, you know, I think he's played better than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if, if you see the same thing I'm seeing Curtis, but you know, he, he's not horrible. Yeah, I thought I thought Irv, I thought I think Irving's played well these these first two games. That was one guy we knocked, you know, going into the season, and I thought he's held up pretty well for what you know, and he and he's been healthy. That's always been the thing on him is him staying healthy, and I thought he's played well. Elfline's been Elfline. I don't think he's he's been terrible, um, and I've been saying that all along. That was a guy to watch, and his injury. It you know they are thin. They were going into this season thin along the offense line. Losing him, he wasn't very good. But that just, I mean, you you have the next man up mentality. But that room is just gets thinner and thinner as you keep going. So, I'm we can t- we'll talk about it later with his injury. But you know some guys are going to need to step up and hold their own th- this Thursday against the Texans. Let's go to the defense though a little bit. And talk about them. I thought they played outstanding. Um, You know, this team has really put the NFL on notice. They held Alvin Kamara um, 30 yards from scrimmage, second fewest he's ever had in a game, which is nice. The D-line was flying around. They are just nasty, man. Morgan Fox had a hell of a game. Uh, What did you see from them, Bryson? I want to give a shout out to myself here. Uh, I remember a couple episodes ago, I said that this unit could be a top five unit in the NFL. Um, if not, definitely top 10. 
And I, I think you might have called me crazy, but uh, but yeah, I, I definitely wanted to, <laughs> wanted to mention that. But yeah, they are just played out of their mind. They held Jameis Winston to 11 of 22, 111 yards, two interceptions, and he was he was hit 11 times and sacked four times. They held Kamara to five rushing yards on eight carries and 25 receiving yards on four catches. I have never seen Kamara be shut down like that before in my life. Every time he plays the Panthers, he's the Panther killer, and he was absolutely shut down. The Saints were held to the fewest yards ever under Sean Payton, and Phil Snow just had a fantastic game plan coming in. Um, One guy that stood out to me was Hassan Reddick with three tackles, one and a half sacks, and two quarterback hits. He was always in the backfield. Morgan Fox, who you mentioned, um, he had a 47.1% pressure rate with eight pressures on 17 pass rush attempts. That is absolutely nuts. Half the time he was on the field, he was he was in the backfield pressuring the quarterback. Um, the secondary played good. J.C. Horn got his first interception of the year. Justin Burst got an interception. Dante Jackson, uh, who, who Matt Rule mentioned, um, fantastic tackling. He's improved magnificently on his tackling, and, and he is not afraid to hit, especially in the run game. He will come up and – lay a hit on the running back. He had a couple hits on Alvin Kamara that were like, wow, like this guy's really feeling it this year. Um, and, you know, I overall, I, right now, the Panthers defense is number one in the NFL in almost every category. Um, and I don't think that they've really played a top-tier offense yet. And we'll get that test week four against the, against the Cowboys. But – I think so far so good, man, and I, I really don't see this defense falling off much from from where they are right now. They are fun to watch. I did call you crazy. I did call you crazy when you said that. But they they've really they have showed out. It's I, I didn't think it'd come on this quick and as powerful, you know, right away. I thought you know they'd get you know they'd come out slinging, but or come out swinging. But man, they are they are fun to watch. This this brings me back to the. The Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis guys flying around, hitting people. You can depend on the defense to get a stop. That's what this team is really built on this year, and it's it's so fun to watch. Sam Darnold gets a ton of opportunities with this defense, and that's what you want. Um, Hassan Reddick, I didn't think he'd have three sacks already. That guy is he is all over the field, and they put him in coverage too. And just for folks watching at home, Reddick's got three. Burns has got two um, sacks. I predicted 12 to 15 for Burns this season. He's well on his way to that. Both those guys are good. And Morgan Fox, too, is just – he's a beast up front. And, again, Shaq Thompson, I thought, played well again, too. You know, he didn't he didn't get, you know, a flashy interception or anything like that, but I thought he played solid. He was flying around. Going yeah, back, man. Going back to the offense, just wanted to clear that up. It what you're right. It wasn't in the red zone. It looks like it was in Carolina's um, under 23. I found it too. 23 yard line. Yep. Um, but just want to go back to that point. It it doesn't matter if it was a red zone or not. There were two stupid mistakes by Sam Darnold that he shouldn't have thrown. Yeah. Um, and I think just he's got to clean them up. Um, and, and I'm sure uh, you know, give it time, but. Just there were two mistakes that he could have either thrown the ball away, uh, the 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 fumble one uh, in that first game in the red zone. Um, that was, you know, Matt Rule said he 
he could have gotten the ball. He could have went tighter um, when he was getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey, bumped off Richie. But um, this past week, I just thought, you know, I remember in the game, he's you just you'd like to see him throw the ball away on that play. I think he tried to do something with it, and it just it didn't work out. So just something to watch moving forward. Overall, he's he's done well so far. Yeah, and and on that play, I think he tried to shovel pass it to Chuba yeah. Hubbard. And it was just picked off. It, it, it really wasn't a good decision. But, I mean, overall, like, from his previous four years in the NFL, like, if he's making only one bad play out of every every other play in the game, you're going to take that. Like, that's mm-hmm. a major improvement from from what he's, oh, heck he's yeah. done in, throughout his career. So, uh, And another thing I wanted to mention that I was wrong on since I wanted to point out something I was right on was I think throughout the whole offseason I was a um, – I had Hassan Reddick as a candidate to take a step back from his 12 and a half sack season that he had with, um, with Arizona, but he's well on his way to be 12 and a half sacks right now. So I, I was wrong on that. And I think, you know, Matt rule knows how to use him because he, he was drafted high out of college because Matt rule knew how to use him in college. So he knows how to use him in the NFL too. He, he has uh, Hassan Reddick in his natural position, rushing the quarterback and he just thrives at it, man. It is, it is just, oh my God, this defense. It, this defense might be the best Panthers defense I've ever seen. It really might be. And that's that's you know we, we as you mentioned earlier, we've had Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Josh Norman, all these guys, Charles Johnson, Greg Hardy, all these guys. And this might be the best defense that we've ever had. And I'm really excited about it. And you know, they've got room to grow still. They're getting AJ Bouye back this week. Uh, versus the Texans, which is only going to improve the secondary. And um, and a, a, another guy we didn't mention, Rashawn Melvin, who they called up this past weekend to play versus the Saints off of the practice squad who they had to just sign back. He played really well um, just coming off the streets. Um, you know, he, he was with the team in the offseason, and he knew the playbook, and they felt comfortable with him coming in, and, and he played really good. His coverage was good. He had no penalties. And I thought, you know, he filled him well. So I think that – I, I hope they keep him on the roster because I feel more comfortable with him playing than Stanley Oliver Thomas or um, anybody like that out there. So I think Melvin is a, is a good key depth piece there for the corners, but yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that about Rasan, Rash, oh, sorry, Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do this upcoming week. Yeah. It's, it's just a relief. It really is with this defense. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know I called you crazy. I wouldn't go as far to say they're the best defense yet. They've only, I mean, they played Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback. Jameis Winston's going to be Jameis Winston. He played a really shitty Packers defense week one. Um, I think they have potential to be what you said. I think they could be, you know, top five. Didn't you say top five, right? Top yeah, five, I said top, top five. Yeah. So I, I, de- I mean, you look at their stats. I was looking at it before. They rank. Number one, if I can find it here, in team defense across mm-hmm. the board. The only thing they are not – they're either one or two. They're not leading in interceptions. Mm-hmm. I think they're – just let me find this quick so I have this right. I want to say it's – looks like 10th. Three, six, yeah. Ninth or 10th in the league, they got three interceptions. But yards-wise – 
I mean, they're they're number one, 287 yards allowed so far this season. That's incredible. That's ridiculous. That's incredible. That is ridiculous. That's not even a good game from an offense, really. Like in one game. And and they just oh my gosh. But uh one thing that kind of gives me hope though, even though that they haven't really played a great offense, they played one of the best offensive lines in the NFL this past weekend in the Saints offensive line, and they embarrassed them. Like they're missing Eric McCoy, their center. But they still have one of the best right tackles in the league, one of the best left tackles in the league, one of the best right guards in the league. Their backup center is very good. And then their left guard, Andres Pete, is Andres Pete. But that's still one of the be- – as a group, that's one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And our backups were embarrassing these starters. That's val- I mean, it's a valid point. But they're all – I mean, their receivers aren't that great. I, at least for me. No, I don't yeah. think the Saints receivers are that great. So that's, that's you have true. a Carolina secondary that's holding – holding guys on the routes, the line has a little bit more time to, you know, get our, I mean, the defensive line has a little bit more time to get off of this offense, but I agree. I mean, they, they did play well. I just, they've had an easy schedule as long yeah, I know fans don't want to, you know, saints were hard. Yes. I'm glad they won. That was a tough game. It was a big, you know, big victory for them, but they've had these first two games are easy in this next one should be easy. They should handle the Texans. We'll get into that later, but that's another game where this defense should eat, eat the rookie quarterback alive. So just a fun fact. I just wanted to throw this in there. I'm going to give this shout out to Jonathan Alexander. He tweeted this out. Panthers have started two and oh, eight times. And the previous seven times they made the playoffs in six of them. So just a fun fact to watch L4. I know it's early. They've had, again, the schedule is easy to start. They got a tough road ahead. They're on the road this week. So just something to watch out for. Bryson, before we get into anything else, I want to talk about the game because we both went to it on Sunday. Um, And I want to talk about the fans because that's kind of been the uproar on Twitter. Jeremy Jeremy Chin tweeted out after the game. He said the the bank was rocking, and it was. I want to be, I'll be the first to say this was the loudest game I've been to. And I know that's not saying much. I've only been to like a half dozen games, but that was the loudest I've ever heard Bank of America Stadium on Sunday. Yeah, it was, it, it was man. And it was great, great to hear it. And I, I think that a little of the, them taking away the keep pounding chant kind of motivated us and said, Hey, like, we're still here. We're still. <laughs> We're still fans of these Carolina Panthers and and don't mess with our traditions. And uh, and we came out and I mean, I, I could feel the ground shaking on like third downs and uh, up in the 500 sections where, where we, we were sitting. I could feel it shaking. It was so loud. And I, at one point, I think the Saints had to use a timeout and then they had back to back false starts. I think it was in the first quarter. And it was just it, it felt great, man. It gives me chills talking about it because it, it really. I I really think that the fans played a huge part in this win in this past weekend. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just motivating these players and and giving them, letting them know that we're here and we're cheering on for them. We're cheering for them. We support them, and just showing out. I mean, like Jeremy Chin said, the bank was rocking, and uh, it it for sure was. Yeah, and those plays you you mentioned, those plays were huge, and I felt like we had a big part in that too. You know, those delay games, those that happens at Kansas City. That happens at Seattle. You need that from the fans. And 
I get it. If you're not standing up on every play, you should be. But if you aren't standing up on third down, give your ticket to a fan that's gonna and give it to a Panthers fan. But like people need to be getting their asses up and cheering because it's it. You make that whole atmosphere. It just it makes it 10th and it gives the team an advantage at home. And that's the whole point of that. That's that's what they need. So I loved it. It was awesome. Um, I know I my voice was almost gone. My arms were beat to shit. I, I was looking at it today at work. My palm is bruised from banging the seat <laughs> at Bank of America Stadium. So, but let's talk about the key, key pounding chant because that they brought it back this weekend. I was counting during the game. I lost count at the end um, because I was way too focused on the game and talking shit to Saints fans. But I think it was three or four times in the game they played that chant. It wasn't very often. What did you think of it? And what did you think of the new graphics for it? Um, I'm Were you a right, fan of that? I'm just going to go right to the graphics because the graphics I, I, I was not a fan of because I think it, cause it was just keep like keep got big and then keep would go back and then pounding would get big. And then we'll just keep going back and forth graph on the graphic like that. And there was no – I, I like the arrows more because it gives the fans a directive of who's supposed to say what. So it felt like with the graphic that was this past weekend, it felt like everybody was just saying keep pounding. Like, no – there wasn't one side saying keep and the other side saying pounding. So I like the old graphic where it has the arrows and it tells us each side of the stadium what to say. And I feel like it's it more organized and it's louder and it, it makes more of a difference that way. I'm glad they brought it back. It was the dumbest – fucking idea ever to take it away and i would love to talk to the person whose idea that was and just slap them in the face but um but yeah that that's how i felt about that graphic yeah i wasn't a fan of it either i like that they tried to get everyone in unison and not have one side over the other and have all the fans together saying at the one time because i'm sure they thought that would be louder but the graphic I don't know if anyone else picked on this. Maybe I'm colorblind. I swear to God, it was gold. And that's Saints colors. Like, it was yellow. It was like a goldish, like, light white color-ish. It was kind of weird. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Um, but if you go back, look at that. I, 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 like, I like what you said. I think keep pounding with the arrows. That gives fans a little bit better idea. Um, but at least they brought it back clearly – you know, Tepper Sports and Entertainment, whoever you want to, whoever's make it call in the shots, they're Tepper. Um, it's good to see they brought it back. I don't know how long it's going to last. I know they've said that it might not be back every game. I floated the conspiracy theory that maybe they did this to piss off fans and get them riled up because clearly it worked on Sunday. Fans were going nuts. Um, another couple of things too. I, I don't know if they did this at previous games, but they were telling fans to hit their seats. I don't recall that in the first game. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention to the video boards, not enough, no, but I they were, see. there was more direction on that. There was, yeah, they were James trying to get, wants you to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're definitely playing around with some things. Again, I'm not an expert. I don't go to every game. I, again, I've only been to a half dozen games, but I've been in the first two. And those were some of the changes that I saw. So just to look for that going forward, they're clearly trying to get fans up on their feet. And it, that should just be common sense. I've coming from Wisconsin, you go to a Green Bay game and you go to a Carolina game, 
I mean, it's the noise at some of those games is incredible. And that's what they're trying to build. And I'm all for it. I hope they're loud as hell. And I hope they raise hell and all these teams get to lay games every time they come to Charlotte. Cause it's, it's great. Well, let's get to some day of news here. Well, well hold on, hold on. I got one oh, more thing I want to mention about the go game. Ahead. Uh, an aspect of the game that Matt rule called woeful during his press conference is the kicking game. And it was woeful. It was terrible. Um, I think uh, he had a field goal. Zane Gonzalez had a field goal blocked. He missed a PAT. And he couldn't get it even in the end zone on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. And No, I'm glad is, you brought this up. Glad you yeah, brought this up. That's an underrated aspect of, of special teams is being able to kick it, up, kick it out of the back of the end zone because from the looks of it, we can't cover kicks for shit. I mean, Deontay Harris was getting mm-hmm. to the 40-yard line almost every time he was returning a kick. So You got to give him credit, though. He's 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 a special returner. He is good. But, no, I, is, I agree. They haven't we've worked on with, it. For, yeah, we've struggled <laughs> for years in kick coverage, punt and kick return. So, mm-hmm. um, I we have to have Zane Gonzalez for two more weeks due to the rules of signing other players off uh, opposing teams' practice squads. You have to have him on the roster for a minimum of three weeks. So, he's got two more weeks at a minimum. And I hope he improves, but I'm just not sold on him, man. I, I don't know what, what you think about it, but I'm just not sold on him. I think I'm not a fan of the kickoffs. I That's the one thing I loved about Joey Sly is he's out. He always booted it out of the end zone. That's going to be an adjustment. And Matt Rule said this week that, you know, that's something they're going to have to now consider and work on because before they really didn't have to cover kicks because Joey could boot it out. But – as a kicker, I don't think he's that bad. I think you get what you get from a guy that you signed off a practice squad week one. Um, and you can bitch and complain and say, well, they should have done their, re- you know, more homework. And if they didn't think Joey Sly was the guy, they should have been bringing guys in the offseason. I'd be the first one to say that. But, you know, Zane's more, Matt Rule said this, he's more, he cares more about accuracy than a guy kicking out of the end zone in a power leg. So if, he offers more accuracy in the kicking game. I'm all for it. I get it. He missed the extra point. Matt Rule said there was a lot of pressure. The kicking, the special teams unit didn't do a very good job at blocking in that game as a whole. So I think you have to put that on them a little bit. Um, I, I I would say give him, give Zane these next two weeks and see what he can do. But again, if he starts missing kicks, then 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 they got a problem because this guy. Then he can't. Then he can't make kicks, and he can't hit the end zone and get a touchback. So, I would say give it a little time. But again, we'll see. I, I'm being patient with it because I thought he did decent overall. You know, I of course would want didn't want him, didn't want to see him miss the extra point. But I would just give it a little bit of time. Well, let's go to some day of news, Bryson. We talked about this a little bit off the top. Pat Elfline, he's going to IR three weeks. He's got a hamstring injury that he suffered in the Saints game. Looks like Dennis Daly is going to start in his place. What's your thoughts on the ever-ending offensive line? <laughs> yeah, it's always something with them, unfortunately. But uh, it, it was good to see Irving back at practice healthy. He wasn't going uh, to have any injury de- designation today, so – Looks like he's going to be a full go for for the game, so that's good at left tackle. Um, 
I did want to mention, so like during the game, I think uh, you saw Brady Christensen, uh, I think during the game you said he got blown up, but he, he actually got stepped on by Cam Irving and tripped. Um, I was I saw it. Oh, really? Tripped. Yeah, Cam <laughs> Irving stepped on his left foot and he fell down and he was getting hit as he was tripping. So, of course, he got blown up. So that was not really Brady Christensen's fault. And um, gotcha. I just wanted to give him credit there. But I hate to say this, really. I really do. I hate to say this. But the Elfine injury may be a blessing in disguise for this offensive line. And Matt Rule may, may – I don't know why he loves this guy so much, but Matt Rule may see that Elfine is not our our number one option at left guard. And um, he loves Dennis Daly a lot, too. Not sure. I don't think Dennis Daly's terrible, but I don't think he's the best option at left guard. I would love for Deontay Brown or Brady Christensen to get the nod um, and just throw them, throw them in there and, and see what they do. It's not like you can't take them out in the middle of the game if they're sucking. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I think it's, it could be a blessing in disguise and n- nothing against Pat Elfine, the man. I don't know him. I'm sure he's a good guy. I hope he's, he comes back healthy, um, doesn't have any career ending injury or anything like that, but, I think as a whole, cohesiveness and just ability to block as an offensive line, I think Elfine not being in there is is for the good. Oh, I, t- I totally agree with you. I, I Pat Elfine, he's a piece of shit. He's not good. He's not good. I, I, I tweeted that out today. I alluded to it basically. Three years, what, 13 million or whatever the hell it was. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head here, but that was an awful contract. He's, he's not a good, he's yeah. Three years, 13 and a half million. That was a stupid signing. It was, I don't, yeah, he, maybe he's a center, you know, paradis when he goes, if, if they get rid of him at some point, but he has just not shown anything at all at guard for me, at least. I mean, I'm not some offensive line expert. I'll, I'll be the first to say that, but I know when a guy's getting his ass kicked, it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that. And he's, <laughs> he's not doing very well. I agree. I think Deontay Brown should get a shot at some point. It seems just based off of Matt rules pressure on Tuesday. It's he's not, I don't think they think he's ready yet. He's it seemed like he said he's still coming along, whatever the hell that means. I don't know if they're just worried to throw him out there because he's a rookie, but that's another guy I think is going to get a shot soon here. I'll be curious to see if they activate him this week or if he's a healthy scratch, or I mean, if he's a healthy scratch this week, but I just shout out to Joe. We didn't mention this. We had him on last week. He did ask your question to Matt rule last week and it was uh, position flexibility. And that might be something this week that keeps him out again, because I know with elf line out, he was the backup center. So they're going to have to bring up Tecklenburg probably this week to fill the backup center role, just in case something would happen with Paradis. And then you'll also, you'll have Brady Christensen, Dennis Daly, because De- Christensen's obviously the backup to Daly because Christensen came in last week when Daly went down for a little bit or was taken out. So there will be some switching there, but yeah, Deont- everyone wants to see Deontay Brown. We all do. I mean, some of those pancakes he had in the preseason, he's just, he's fun to watch, but, Maybe it'll be a couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe it's in a couple of weeks. Maybe if Dennis Daly struggles, hopefully he doesn't, you might see Brown come in. Who knows? But again, I think you're right. You hit a nail on the head with, I think it was a blessing disguise that Elf lines out. So 
we shall see. Let's go to uh, Uter Gross Matos. He's another one. A lot of these are going to be injury in addition to the team with these day of news, but uh, he had an ankle injury in the game. It sounds like lower ankle from what Rule said. He seemed he wasn't very optimistic today about him playing. He said Matos would like to go this weekend, but he just doesn't see it. Um, any concern there on the D line? I feel like this is the if you're going to have a guy go down, this is one of the deepest groups for it yeah. to happen in. Yeah, and he's not a starter, but but he is a great rotational piece. So um, uh, it looks like he's going to avoid IR, which is good. So it looks like it, it's only going to be like a one to two week injury. So I'm not really super concerned about him or or the defensive line. I mean, like we talked about earlier, they get a pressure every play almost. So um, they uh, YGM goes down and maybe uh, it gives more time for Marquise Haynes to come in and, and get a couple more sacks because Marquise Haynes is a very underrated piece on the defensive line as well. So, yeah, uh, one to two weeks it looks like, and um, he should be back good. Yeah, let's move right along again on the D-line. Morgan Fox was in a red jersey today. Matt Rule, I don't know if this exact quote, don't quote me on this, but basically he said he's a true pro today or on Tuesday seemed like he would be ready for Thursday if it came to it. So I think Morgan Fox is going to play. He had a hell of a game this week. He really he did. did. Yeah, he was I feel like that was an under, yeah, underrated signing by Fitterer. It, re- it really was. He's He's been a good addition. Yeah, he has some much net needed depth. Let's talk about this guy. This is this is the addition. Our, our, our tweet today blew up on this. A.J. Boye's back. He's coming off the suspension. He's been out the first two weeks because of it. He'll take Elfline's vacant spot on the roster. Matt Rule said today, tomorrow will be the good indicator of what he's going to do on Thursday with him. Just with how he responded today with, because they did have a like a legit practice today. So, but what's, what's your thoughts on Boye? I'm excited. Yeah. The rich get richer is, is my thought. <laughs> this defense just, Upgrades at another position. Um, when Bouye is healthy, he's one of the best slot corners in the league. Um, also plays on the outside. Not as good at the outside as he is at the slot, but um, Bouye is a great tackler. Um, good man-to-man coverage. Uh, he, you know, he, he like I said, he, he just upgrades another spot on this team that really on, – on the defense that really didn't need it, but hell, we'll take it because – you know, if you can up, upgrade at any position, you will. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does. And and like we mentioned earlier, they haven't really faced a, a, a dangerous wide receiver group or um, a, just a great offense in general. So it'll be it'll be good for him to get this game in. And then the week after when we play the Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott with, you know, Amari Cooper and um, CeeDee Lamb, um, get him ready for that game and and really see what this team is about. So. Uh, I'm excited to have him back and ready to watch him Thursday night. Yeah, I, I I got a buddy who's a Broncos fan, and I know he didn't play long with the Broncos, but I asked him. I I texted him before the show. I said, Des- "Describe describe Boye for me," and he said he's a in your face physical press corner with decent speed. So that's what you're getting from him. Since 2018, he had two interceptions, 22 pass deflections. He didn't. He hasn't played a full season since 2017 when he's with the Jaguars. Again, he was suspended nine games last year, but I'm excited. This is, you know, they have Horn. 
They have Jackson. Both of them are playing really well right now. And then you add Boye, who's who's healthy, hasn't played in two games, but it should add. It just this guy as a a slot corner, it's gonna be fun, man. I mean, they're already tearing up, they're already tearing up teams with without Boye in there. And now you added him back. And it's it's much needed too. I mean, I know Melvin did play, you know, Melvin did play well this last game, but you know adding Boye in there is definitely an upgrade and mm-hmm. I'm just I'm excited to watch I'm excited to watch this secondary don't mind I mean we also got Chin and um guys escaping me Burris in yep. the, you know at safety so this this team keep an eye out this defense man it's it's going to be something this year it, it's going to be real fun to watch and uh, J.C. Horn is allowing the second lowest completion percentage out of uh, all rookie corners. So I think it's at like 50.8 completion percentage, which is just nuts. Teams do not target him at all. They do no, not test him. You know, and that's the thing. Like, not a lot of people talk about him, but that's a good thing. Like, if you're not talking about a corner, they're doing something right. And he is just – he's locking guys down. And, again, he hasn't – He's he's played some decent wide receivers. I mean, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't say he's played a top five t- or top ten wideout yet, but no. he he'll get there. I mean, he's got he's got the next week is going to be a true test, and they'll they'll play some other teams too along the way. But he's doing well, and <laughs> I think it's going to continue, man. He's I know I saw that I saw that stat today. I didn't see Sertan on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Asante Samuel. I wish Carolina would have looked at him in the second round. I liked him too. Yeah, I think he was, I think he was ahead of JC in that in that stat. But yeah, he was, he was. But yeah, that's man. One one matchup I, that I'm really looking forward to is JC Horn versus DeAndre Hopkins when we play the Cardinals. That oh, is going to be nice, man. I cannot wait to watch that. That's going to be a that is arguably one of the best receiver in the league versus JC Horn. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm gonna have my eyes on that the whole game. Well, even Dante Jackson too, because I'm sure they're both gonna be, they're both gonna be on him in that game at some point. And it's Dante Jackson. I I tweeted this out this week about his maturation from all or nothing to now is it's incredible. I mean, I remember last year, me and you were. I I, I know I was at least saying shit about him that I didn't. He needed to step it up last year and yeah, get all right those injuries. You. And man, he is just—he's a different—he's a different corner. He's a whole different player. It seems like. Yeah, you, you cannot tell me that Matt Rule can't coach. Everybody that has played for him throughout college—that's in the league now. Um, people that know him, David Carr was talking about him today when he was with the Giants as an uh, assistant offensive line coach. He said that, like, not many coaches that are not head coaches have made an impression on him throughout his career. But when he was with the Giants backing up Eli Manning, that, like, Matt Rule just made it a made it a mission to, like, go out of his way and talk with the players and get to know them and just, like, as men, like, really care about them. And um, he said that he he's always, like, respected Matt Rule because of that and knew that, like, Matt Rule was going to succeed wherever he was. And that's just, like, the things that you hear – any any player that has played for him, they love him. They really do. And and any like person that's like an insider, like 
Matt Rule can coach. Matt Rule knows how to talk to people, uh, these grown men. Like, I, I know when he came out of college, I had questions about, you know, is he going to be too college Is he going to treat these people, these grown men, like 17, 18, 19-year-old uh, kids coming out of high school playing college ball? But, you know, so far, I there's been no complaints on that rule, really none, um, player, like relationship-wise and, and coaching, being able to get the most out of the players that he has. And I'm, I'm really excited for the future, and I really think the Panthers have found their head coach for a long time. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. Winning solves a lot of problems. It really does. When <laughs> You're right. <laughs> when, you, when you start racking up the wins, people forget about the quarterback problems. People forget about the offensive line struggles. People, you know, they lose. And so that's – it's helped. I mean, again, I think this was a perfect – this was the perfect schedule for this year for the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely. Playing these young teams coming in. And I'm not saying these are going to be a cakewalk because this game this Thursday, it feels like a trap game. Oh, I mean, and I'm not yeah, saying Carolina is good enough to say it's a trap game, but it feels like a trap game on Thursday for Carolina. And we're yeah. going to get in that in here a little bit. But the schedule, play a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, then play the Saints with – a whole, you know, a different quarterback, a quarterback who struggled in the past, had a bunch of guys out on defense. And then now this week they're playing a guy that I haven't heard of until this week. I'm so, I mean, I don't, I, I've never heard of this guy. And, may, and maybe I don't watch enough college football, but uh, let's, let's get into the Texans game. We've, we've done enough of that, but let's talk about it. Houston, they're on the road this week. First away game. Big test for Sam Darnold. I know this team isn't that great. They've had a lot of changes this offseason. We know all the garbage with Deshaun Watson. Houston, they're one and one. I was just looking at some stuff before. You know, they they weren't playing they were playing pretty well against Cleveland. And I think Cleveland's a, the Cleveland Browns are a pretty good team this year. They were, yeah. you know, they were, let's see here, just reading off the notes. Yeah, they were they, they were going head to head with the Cleveland Browns and then Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then uh, David Mills came in Davis and Mills. Davis Mills. I'm sorry. I don't even know the fucker's name. Um, <laughs> so he's a third round pick from Stanford. Mm-hmm. He was it's pretty the, good at Stanford. He was a, th- he's the third rookie quarterback. This is interesting. He's a third rookie quarterback to replace Tyrod Taylor since 2018. This guy yeah. just does not have luck at all. He's been so unlucky, man. <laughs> he has no luck at all. But anyway, he came in, he threw 125 yards, had a touchdown, threw an interception on his second pass. Clearly rookie mistakes. Um, you know, this, again, I think this is a trap game for them. I think they can't overlook this team. You're on the road. You're going to Texas. They need to stay within their lane. And I think Matt rules the coach to get them there. Um, but again, they just, I think they got to play clean football on Thursday. And I think they are going to, I should say Mills is going to have his hands full with this defense. He really is. This defense is going to, they're going to show out and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch them going up against another rookie quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
the Panthers are road favorites uh, by seven. And I have in parentheses trap game um, that you've mentioned a couple of times. Um, the Texans have been feisty. Like, like you said, they have battled. They're not just going to come in and lay over and, and let you win the game. They're coming to, to play. They have a very good run game. They have four running backs that could be starters. They have Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, and David Johnson. Uh, they're going to run the ball a lot, especially with Davis Mills playing. And the Panthers are going to have to stop it. And, you know, up so far up to this point, they have been able to. But, you know, it, it's going to be a test for them because it's, it's, not, it's not as easy as some people think. I mean, the Texans are not the worst team in the league. They aren't. They're, they're bottom ten, but they're not the worst team in the league. And, and their defense, they've even got some, some stars on their defense. I pulled up the roster, their depth chart here. Some guys we've heard of before. Whitney Merciless. Um, Zach Cunningham, Christian Kirksey, uh, Vernon Hargraves, Justin Reed. Uh, we all know Justin Reed, Eric Reed's brother. One of the, he's one of the best safeties in the league. And um, I, I really don't want to un- underestimate this team because we've seen what happens when the Panthers underestimate a team. They're they're coming in off this high. They're two and zero, and they come in and think that this team's just going to lay lay over and and get out of their way, and and they lose. Like they the Panthers do not have a good record on primetime. Um, Thursday night, Monday night, whatever, Sunday night games. And I, I really hope that they um, they take care of this game, which I, I think, like you said, Matt Rule is the coach that's going to be able to do that because he had that quote. Um, I can't exact, remember exactly how it went, but he, he said you have to be humble enough um, to prepare and confident confident enough to um, execute on the field or something like that. So humble enough to, to know that your opponent is your opponent and you can't underestimate them. And uh, I really think that Matt Rule is, is going to are going to get these guys ready for this game. And um, like I said, I think Phil Snow is going to really hone in on that on that run game because that's going to be most of their offense. Um, Brandon Cooks has looked really good this year so far. So that's a receiver that the the secondary is going to have to watch out for. Um, I I really think that these this tech the Texans could keep it close, but I'm worried. <laughs> I am worried about Davis Mills because the Texans do not have a great offensive line. They've got a really good left tackle in Laramie Tunzel. Um, but we saw what this defensive line did to the Saints offensive line last week. One of the best offensive lines in the league, like I said. They're coming into this game off of, off of that Saints game, knowing that they just did this to the Saints offensive line I tweeted earlier, I think Davis Mills might need to hire a lawyer after this game and press charges for assault on the Panthers' defensive line because it, it's going to get nasty if they get behind and they're dropping back and they're running shotgun and wanting Davis Mills to throw the ball because the Panthers' def- defensive line is going to pin their ears back and they're going to get home and they are going to make this rookie's first start living hell. Um, I really feel bad for him that this is his first game. I don't know why he couldn't start against the Jags <laughs> or something like that week one, but I know Tyrod Taylor was in, and Tyrod Taylor, is he looked really good the first two weeks. So uh, that would have been a whole different story if we were playing him. But uh, I, I really hope that the Panthers can take care of business and not play down to the competition, which is what we've known the Carolina Panthers to do um, in the past. So this is another great test for, the, for this team. Yeah, and just to get the quote here, I, I found it, it. It's from Coach Tom Coughlin. He said, we have 
we have to be humble enough to prepare and confident enough to perform against a good football team. And I think you, you, you know, I think that's exactly what needs to happen this weekend. You know, they're playing David Cully, a new coach, you know, a new GM. They've had a lot of off season drama. Um, but I think they've moved past that. Another guy to watch and Matt rule mentioned this today a little bit, but Jeff Driscoll, he might come in and do some read option. Um, to, you know, make up for Tyrod Taylor being, being out. It's, it looks like that they've been using him. So that's something Matt rule said today that they were actually looking at and some older tape too. So just something to look at. Um, I was just looking at their wide receivers just to see matchups, Brandon cooks, Chris Conley, Anthony Miller, Andre Roberts. So, you know, this, this should be this should be an interesting one for Dante Jackson and JC Horn. I feel like they should eat those guys right up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm I'm being real. Um, their wide receiver group is definitely better than the Saints. Um, I don't think it's better than the Jets was with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Um, but it's definitely an improvement over the Saints wide receiver group. So um, I don't I don't think they should take it lightly. Like I said, but um, definitely focused play like we know you can play on defense and and just be humble enough to prepare and perform on the field you know what I mean so let's get it done (laughs) let's get it done and uh one other thing I wanted to mention kind of a question I guess do you think that the Panthers offensive line can be serviceable again because I think that's what they've been for a first couple of weeks. And I know this this Texans defensive line isn't great, but this Panthers offensive line isn't great either. And I don't know. I think they can be. I, I think the Saints were had a, a better defensive line and yeah. defense as a whole. And I thought I was kind of surprised at the pan how well the Panthers did in that game. But again, it, it there's it's credit to Joe, it's credit to Sam too. Sam Sam's been getting the ball out quick. I think Joe's been calling, you know, some quick read, you know, plays and stuff like that. And Christian McCaffrey's another big help too. He needs to be mentioned. He, he offers so much, you know, you know, uh, him being out last year, I think that was huge too for the odd that take, I mean, that he's a big component in the Panthers offense and, Sam has relied on him and deservedly so. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's a good dude. If he's if he's running a Texas route or a quick in and you know, guys are playing off, Sam Darnold's gonna throw that all day. And then if the guy and, and if the defense plays it tight and they're covering him, then you got someone downfield, Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. So I think, you know, all those things, I think the offensive line, I really do, just going back to the original question. I think I think they can handle their own. And I think you know, I think they have a pretty good shot of winning this one pretty damn big. <laughs> so, so you think you'd take uh, the Panthers in the seven uh, seven points or or what? If you're oh, placing yeah. a bet, if you're placing a bet, you taking Texans plus seven or you taking Panthers minus seven, whatever. No, I'm 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 taking I'm taking Carolina. Yeah, over seven okay. for sure, All for right. sure. I think the way. I was shocked how well they played against the Saints. I was. I thought that was, we both said it. We thought it was going to be a close game. We both thought the Saints were going to beat the Panthers. I, I, I think the way they played last week, 
it gave me a lot more confidence um, going against a team like the Texans. Now, I don't, again, I think they need to take them seriously and I think they need to prepare well this week, but I think they could win by 10 points or more for sure. I do. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, if they can beat the Saints by, you know, 19 or whatever, however much they won by, I think that they could beat the Texans by more than 10. But, but I just, I don't want them going in to the game feeling that because I don't think they went in thinking that they were going to blow out the saints, but they did. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think it's a lot of it, a lot of these games, like it, it's a lot of the game that's not talked about is like the mental aspect of the game. And like just being able to like respect your opponent and being able to know that you have to execute no matter who's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's going to be important, especially for the defense um, to continue to build on on these games that they're having is, you know, you're going to get all this hype. People are talking about you. And just because you're being talked about, um, the offense is not going to try. The offense is going to still keep going at you and try to get you to break. So it, you have to mentally know that and mentally prepare to bring your all every week. So um, I, I, that's what, that's kind of the point I was trying to get across. Yeah, and one thing we we didn't talk about, and it, it, we got to talk about it, <laughs> is Joey Sly. I mean, Carolina is going to go oh, yeah. up against Joey Sly <laughs> this on Thursday, which is crazy. Like no one would have yeah. thought that. And Matt Rule was asked about it today, and he said, "Of course, he's you know he respects them. He he hopes he doesn't kick the game winner against them, but he has all the respect in the world for Joey and." I hope I hope I hope he misses every freaking kick out there. Not but just you know he's not fan. going to. You know he's not. <laughs> you know he's going to hit like four fifty-yard field goals. You know, and it's one of those things. Is 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 he going to have the confidence, or is it going to come where, oh my god, I'm playing against my forward team, and he gets nervous, and that we're gonna we'll find that out pretty damn quick mm-hmm. of how of how he's handling that because he. Uh, once Carolina brought in kickers, it was just a train wreck. I mean, it was just a train running, plowing down a hill. It really was. He he didn't look like the same person. You could tell bringing in and competition brings out the best or worst in a person, and he crumbled. He did. So I'm curious to see if that. I, again, you're right. Is he, does he carry the confidence he's had these last two weeks? where he's making field goals. He did miss one, though, last week. He didn't miss. I thought it was an extra point or a field goal he missed, but that's something to watch. That's going to be interesting is the kicking battle between him and then the guy Carolina just signed because they had Zane in in the offseason. Yep. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, let me pose this question to you, Curtis, unless you had anything else to cover about that game. One thing I do, one thing I did want to mention, okay. and this kind of goes back to the game two last week, because I wanted to bring this up because there was a lot of positives. And I know we did a lot of harping last week, but again, third down was an issue. And I've been watching that pretty damn closely. And they struggled in the third quarter. I mean, sorry, third quarter, not third down. They struggled in the third quarter of both the week one and week two games. And that is going to be something to watch this week is can Carolina come out of half, whether they get the ball to start or if they get the ball after a drive, can they come out and put up seven? They have yet to do it. They've struggled in the third quarter. 
Third quarter has been a problem this year. It was a problem last year. Is is it going to continue? Because that is something when you play a good team, cannot happen. It cannot happen. You have to make halftime adjustments. And the fourth quarter, it seems like they figure it out. But the third quarter, these first two weeks, is is something to keep an eye on, man. It is frustrating as all hell. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. I really don't understand. I, I don't know if it's the other teams making better adjustments and on defense and just being able to figure out what the Panthers are doing or what. But, yeah, you're right. They need to do something because if they're in a close game and not blowing out their opponent, which they have been the first two weeks, then that third quarter is going to be very important. And if they come out and they're flat, you know, that could essentially be the game if it is a close game. And, um, you know, like we've mentioned multiple times, they have some tests coming up um, with good teams. And if they come out flat in the third quarter, it could really be the end of the game right there. So that's something they need to fix quick. I think Joe Brady overall has made improvements from last year. I think his play calling has improved. I really don't like the calls that they're doing on the goal line, though, with the Christian McCaffrey up the middle. Like, he's not he's not Derrick Henry. Like, I, I understand he's strong and 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 he can break tackles, but if, if you're trying to run it, like, right up the gut and on the defense – or, like, on the goal line, offensive line versus defensive line, man on man, you need to you need to put Royce Freeman in there. Like, he's a bowling ball. Um, if, if you're if you're running Christian McCaffrey on the goal line, get him outside where, where he shines more. And I think they did they did at one point this past weekend versus the Saints, but um, there was also a point where they ran it like three times, I think, with Christian McCaffrey right in the middle and didn't get it. So, like, that area, I think, needs to change. But overall, I think Joe Brady has done a good job and definitely needs to work on the third quarter. Uh, but overall, I think he has done a, 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 an improvement over last year. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see the play calls that he brings out versus the Texans. Yeah, and I just – again, I'm, I'm not sitting here harping on everyone. I just wanted to bring that up because I know that was something we brought up last week. And it was it, – it garnered at least us a, a little discussion on it. But I did want to give a shout-out. Going back to the third – or talking about third downs – they definitely improved on that, so maybe they'll improve in the third quarter next week. Maybe it's just every other game they work on something different. <laughs> but week one, there were 4 of 14, 28% on third down on offense. Week two, much better, 8 of 15, 53%. Sam Darnold even talked about it today, how that was one of the keys in that game offensively. So something to keep in mind, third downs, third quarters, easy to remember. Keep an eye on that moving forward. What was your question? Yeah, so my uh, my Twitter question that I posed today that I got some replies on, um, I think I know who I would pick, but I, I wanted to get your opinion. So let's say you're, you're building a team from scratch and you get to pick between these three players to start building your defense around. It's three Panther players. Luckily, we don't have to make the decision because we have all three. But I just, I just kind of wanted to get the opinion of fans and, and you. Um, who would you pick? So – at one, I got Jeremy Chin. And this is in no order. It's just a list. One, Jeremy Chin. Two, Brian Burns. Or three, J.C. Horn. Who are you picking to build your defense around? Brian Burns. Uh, I think it all. I think it starts up front on defense, and a defensive line can really help a shitty secondary. 
-hmm. A defensive line can help a hindered linebacking core. Not entirely, but it definitely helps. And I think Brian Burns is a special player. And you saw it last year. I mean, that guy, how young the defense was and game in and game out, you know, just making impact plays and influence in the defense. Now, the guys you mentioned, other those other two, I think, though, I mean, I think just as much corner is is as important and stuff like that. But if I had to pick one, I would definitely go with Brian Burns. I think his influence too in the locker room as well is big too. I feel like JC Horn is more of a, you know, his leadership is on the field through his play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't again, I don't know what it is behind closed doors, but it seems like he's a much more humble guy in that respect with keeping things to himself. He's not as outspoken. I feel like Brian Burns is a spoken outspoken guy in the locker room and on the field. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I went with anyone, I think it would be Brian Burns for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Brian Burns is, is, uh, is the choice there. Um, like you said, defensive line, just, if you want to build a championship team, you start in the trenches on the offensive line and the defensive line and you build it, you build the way build out. Um, that's the philosophy of a lot of successful GMs in the NFL. And um, uh, you have a good defensive line. It, it can cover up a lot of mistakes f- from a linebacking group in a secondary, uh, just getting pressure on the quarterback. But I think it, you know, it, it really wouldn't be an easy decision for me though, because I really like Jeremy Chen a lot. And I think that he does a lot of things that a lot of players can't do. And he has the position flexibility that Matt rule always talks about play safety linebacker can blitz can cover and I really like Jeremy Chen and I think you know you could pick any one of these guys to build around and I think that you would you'd be starting off right because these are blue chip players and the Panthers have really drafted good over the past couple years um on defense and you know like even some players we haven't mentioned like Derek Brown like he's a player you could build your defense around um Shaq Thompson who's improved this season like I used to talk so much shit about Shaq Thompson you guys know I was on his ass uh, I was saying he better improve or he's going to get cut after this year. And he comes out and just plays out of his mind the first two games. So uh, this defense is definitely on the up. And, you know, I saw a tweet earlier and it was like the Carolina Panthers are the only team in the NFC South who are like on the upswing improving. The Bucks are like win now. The Saints are down. The Falcons are down. So I think the future is very bright for uh, Carolina to run things in the NFC South. And I think Panthers fans have a lot to look forward to. Well, Bryson, let's go to a prediction. We got to we got to predict something here. Well, I mean, I know we both are clearly on the Panthers to win this one. Do you got a score at all? What, what do you got for a score on Thursday? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a score. So obviously, I think the Panthers are going to win. Um, I don't think the Texans are going to score very much. Uh, I think it could be close to the score of the Saints game. I think that the Texans score ten. The Panthers score. I'll go 28. 28 to 10. I was kind of thinking that. What the hell? Um yeah. yeah, I think I think it's I think it's gonna be similar. I don't want to be too confident and say a blowout, like really bad blowout, but I yeah. kind of want to do that. I don't like know. Pittsburgh Steelers versus Carolina Panthers Thursday night football, like a couple <laughs> no, years ago. No, not that bad. That, that yeah. was crazy. Um, but I, I 
Yeah, you did steal my score. I'm trying to think now. I you would, can do 28-10 too. That's fine. Ah, uh, uh, no. We'll we'll switch it up. We gotta we gotta change it up. Uh, let's go. Let's go more conservative. Let's go 24-10, okay. Carolina. I think yeah. I think that's that's definitely a possibility. So they win by 14 on the road. A little bit different, new coach, that sort of thing. But yeah, let's go 24-10. I'd like to go 28, 3, 31, 3, something like that. But I don't know if that's full. I think maybe that's too bold. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I want to leave the fans while we're on this whole topic of prediction and defense. I just wanted to say the statistics from week two or from the first two weeks of the Panthers defense. Um, this tweet from Sideline Mike. Uh, I just wanted to go through it real quick and just the Panthers defense ranks first in all these categories and i'm going to give you the yards just to make you guys feel good and get you excited to watch them thursday night yards allowed per per game ranked first with 190 yards per game points allowed per game they're only allowing 10.5 points a game passing yards allowed per game 143.5 rushing yards per game 46.5 they have the most sacks in the league with 10 the most quarterback hits with 21 and the highest third down percentage on defense with 25%. That is fucking nuts, man. This defense, Phil Snow, is just – Phil Snow is going to be a head coach soon. I'm, if he wants to be a head coach, I think next year teams are going to be calling for him. I don't know if he wants to be a head coach. I don't I know if he does either. I, you know, he, he is older. I sure as hell hope not. I really don't. I, I yeah. hate when, you know, every year, oh, this guy's going to be gone or this coordinator in – if you look at the good teams, they keep their coordinators around. The good teams keep their coaching staff as a cohesive unit for many, many years mm-hmm. until they get a couple Super Bowls or one, and then you see the splits. But I just hope so for Carolina's sake that those guys stick around Me too, man. for a bit, especially Phil Snow, especially Phil Snow. Well, Bryson, let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, I will kick us off here. I didn't get beer this week. My wife did for me. So she got me Michelob Ultra Infusions. I'm sorry, this is not a North Carolina beer. But I'm drinking it. It's something I haven't drunk, had on this show. It's it's a lime and prickly pear cactus Michelob Ultra infusion. It's eh. I wouldn't buy this beer. I drank it. It's all right. It's very light, 4% alcohol, 95 calories. It says infused with real exotic fruit. So it's a refreshing beer. Again, I again I wouldn't go out and buy it, but it was all right. It wasn't anything special. What are you drinking? Yeah, I uh, I too did not go out and buy beer, but I don't think I've done this one. I think I did the other beer from this brewery. So it is my favorite brewery, Red Oak, and I'm drinking the Red Oak Bavarian Amber Lager. Um, I think I did the Hummingbird from, from Red Oak before, but this is their other beer that they have. Um, there and I, I think you may, you may have done this one I'm not sure but uh, it, it's a great beer um, like we've mentioned a hundred times before Red Oak is a beautiful place to go Brewery's awesome this uh, this amber is uh, 
you know, it's brewed according to the 1516. Oh my God. I'm not even going to try to say that word. <laughs> Something purity law, only Bavarian malted bar, uh, barley, noble hops and lager yeast. It just, it tastes great. I love this beer. It's easy to drink. It, it's not overpowering. Um, I love ambers. This is the best amber I've ever had. Strong words, best amber he's ever had. No, I agree. It's a great beer. It's so and good. A lot of their stuff. I a lot. I don't think I've ever had something that was awful there. So uh, yeah, absolutely not. Go give that a. Go give it a. What is that in Burlington or Greensboro? I know it's like kind of on the border. Yeah, it's right outside of Greensboro. It's actually called. Uh, I think it's. Whitset, North Carolina. Whitset. I, I think right. that's how you say it. Whitset, North Carolina. You know, it's been a while, Bryson, since we did a giveaway. So I thought I'd do one here. This was for a Carolina Panthers shirt. Drum roll. We're not doing drum rolls, actually. I lied. They're, we're, we're awful at them. But the winner for this, this giveaway for the Panthers shirt, it's, it's a medium Panthers shirt, is going to go to Railroader. That's at Railroader1984. Railroader, if you are listening, please reach out to us on Twitter. Either send us a tweet or DM us, and we will give you more info, and we'll be sending that your way. So congratulations to you. Again, we'll try to do more of these throughout the season, and we appreciate all the follows, retweets, likes, and listens wherever you get your guys' podcast. But we just want to thank you again for listening this evening on the Panthers on tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcast, go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap for all your Panthers analysis and breaking news. Go Panthers this Thursday. And as always, 